You are listening to the Ancient Health Podcast. My name is Courtney. And in today's episode, I speak with Mikkel Hill, a registered dietitian and the founder of Nutrition Strict. Mikkel has created incredible impact within the space of mindset and using food as nourishment. She's led thousands of women on their journey back to a balanced relationship with food. So if you've ever struggled in social situations where food choices create fear and avoidance, or maybe you've even felt information overload when it comes to choosing foods, stick with us in this episode as Mikkel teaches us the tools to relearn the way food was meant to be enjoyed. Let's get into today's episode. All right, Mikkel, thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast, The Ancient Health Podcast. I'm so excited to unpack what it is that you are doing in the space of food and food relationships, because I mentioned this to you earlier, but I've been following your work for quite some time. And I'm so impressed at how you've really niched into one space. And I feel like you've gone deep in that area and your impact has been incredible in women's lives. So I would love to give you the floor and let you just give us an understanding about how you ended up in this space. Like what has your personal experience kind of led you to that you felt like this is something that's missing. This is something women need to be able to harness and understand better. And ultimately like you've committed your life's work to this. And I have seen the fruit of that. Um, but maybe take us on like a little bit of your journey so we can get some context for how you've landed where you are today. Yes. Well, thank you for the lovely introduction. I'm happy to share that story. And also, I'm just really grateful for this conversation. I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this. Hopefully, I'm going to be resonating with a lot of people, especially those of you who have been on diets for months, years, decades, like many of my Mindful Nutrition Method students have been. So, I'm really excited for this conversation. So thank you for having me. And if we are meeting for the first time, my work is traditionally trained as a registered dietitian. I have a master of science in clinical nutrition. So my background in that core was very clinical based, but I have always as a dietitian really been drawn to more functional and integrative approaches, meaning really asking the question of circumstances around a person's health and well-being, right? So our lifestyle, our stress management, um, how we change behaviors, how we learn, our psychology, our mindsets. So I've always been really intrigued about all of those pillars of health. And that's pretty reflective into my work today, especially around helping people cultivate a positive relationship with food. It's never really just about the what you eat and the food component. Uh, Your relationship with food is so multifaceted. So again, it's just a passion of mine, and it's something that I've been really drawn to as a dietitian. And I've been practicing for over a decade, and I started to see very, very clear trends. So you were just sharing a little bit about you know, how I've gotten so specific in this, in this field. And it's because I've worked with thousands of clients and also thousands of our online students for programs. And it's a theme that I see over and over again. And it's this concept of people overthinking food, stressing out about food, yo-yo dieting, which means that you're starting a diet, stopping a diet, repeat, repeat, repeat. And where food is really taking away from someone's life versus adding to it, right? So um, the mental energy, the emotional energy, it's like draining people more than it's adding to or just being neutral and just being part of your life. 
So I started to see that trend over the decade of working with people. And I was like, you know, there has to be a simple system for me to repeat this process that I'm getting great results with clients on and make it easy for them to digest on their own time. And so that's why I've developed the Mindful Nutrition Method program. And that really takes someone through what I deem all of the steps that you need to go from stressing out about food, overthinking about food, having this imbalanced or negative relationship with food to one where you can eventually find some joy in nourishing yourself and really taking care of yourself, having fun with food, you know, of course, paying paying attention to the nutrition piece and nourishing your body, but really having that beautiful relationship with food where it adds to your life and uh, doesn't take away. So, I mean, that is my passion and I, I, I just, I love talking about it. So I'm ready to dive in. And, you know, this is something that it just kind of struck me as you were, as you're talking about this and in the part where you talked about enjoying, finding joy in the process of nurturing and caring for your body, because all of our listeners, like we're all looking to be more educated. We're looking for solutions and answers so that one, we can either reverse or heal conditions that we're already experiencing or two, prevent, because we see just this, the breakdown of people's health. I mean, it's, it's, we're, it's unprecedented to be honest. I mean, we're seeing children that are experiencing autoimmune disorders and diseases that, you know, you would maybe see much further down the road, if at all. And it's happening now in children under the age of five. And so there begins this pattern mentally where, you know, we start to, we have this curiosity to understand our health better. But what I've seen and what I've personally experienced is that the more you know, the more that you start to unpack, the more fear you can start to drive because you realize every decision has weight. So every meal, every time I go grocery shopping, everything that I'm doing, touching, breathing, putting on my skin, bringing in my home, all of a sudden you're hyper aware and, and that hyper awareness can be helpful, but it can also now become like a prison. And it's like shackles because you live in fear that everything has the potential to be deconstructing your health. So in under, in kind of maybe just that context, like how would you advise or what are you, what are you seeing maybe in patterns with women where that's happening? It's like, there's more access to information. So people are learning more, but with that comes that burden of now I'm obsessive and it's actually now it's damaging to my relationship with my body and almost the intuition of how our bodies are responding to the lifestyle choices we're making. I don't know if I, I if that's just like a full question or if I just, yes. I just maybe like shed some light on something. <laughs> yes, I am aligned. I hear where you're coming from. This is really common, especially with new mindful nutrition method students. I see in particular ones who have health conditions, right? So if you, you have a health condition, you might be managing it hopefully with the support of your, you know, healthcare practitioner team, dietitians, and working with foods that are going to support that health condition, right? So there's, there's a dabbling in that, which is great. You need to be intentional and mindful about it. But what you're talking about is really common where people are overwhelmed by the nutrition information out there, all of the diets, all of the trends, the 30 day, this, the 30 day, that, you know, heal XYZ in five days. And so as you were saying, people start to have this relationship with food where they're like, one meal is going to completely take me off my path. And, 
cause a health issue or it's going to completely fix it. So this whole mentality right here that we're talking about, this like obsessive, almost tight, uh, rigid energy around it, right? Like when you were even talking about it, I started to physically like kind of clench my fist because I, I understand that energy in the body as I also used to have that early in on my journey as well. And so that hyperfixation, that hypersensitivity, what it does is it, it absolutely will long-term create that negative relationship with food where you are putting so much weight and focus on one food. And why, yes, it is important to pay attention to the foods that you are eating. We want to nourish our physical bodies well. We can't discount that. We can't just think about food as joy and pleasure. We do have to pay attention to that. So I would say for the people who are stuck in that mentality right now or who are obsessing over every ingredient, um, really micromanaging their food intake, I would just offer a little tool that I would love to walk everyone through right now so that you can start to understand when that comes up, how, how, to, how to like navigate out of that, how to overcome that. Because the first step, and the most important step on any mindful eating or balanced eating journey or working on your relationship with food, changing that mindset truly is observing and building that awareness. So when you start to catch yourself micromanaging and having all this hyperfixation on ingredients and really going down that path, you have to just observe that thought and go, okay, where is this coming from? What food rule is this? Who told me that this was the right way or the correct way for me to eat or that I shouldn't eat that? So I just offer that little tool of just taking a pause, observing it, and then asking yourself those few questions. Who told me this rule? Is it truthful for me and my body? Um, that will at least try, like start the process of taking away the power and the hyperfixation um, and the hypersensitivity just to get you a little bit more grounded to connect with yourself and if it's appropriate with you. So one of my pillars in my program is mindful mindset. And I have so many tools related to unpacking what I'm kind of generalizing here in this, in this conversation as a food rule so that people can really start to understand, is this trend or diet or hyperfixation truly aligned with me? Does it matter to me? Is it my truth? Will it work for my body or not? And that will help that process of slowly relearning uh, what is appropriate for you. You hit on a key phrase that pops up a lot with my clients and students, which is self-worth. And, you know, in my scope of practice, I can do so much to start to help them peel back the onion layer and, you know, first superficially to be like, okay, let's build awareness around these food rules that we were just talking about, like no carbs after three, or I can't have cream in my coffee. It has to be black or, you know, all these rules. I can't eat fruit with X, Y, Z. I have to eat it alone on an empty stomach and then the water and then the green juice. It's like all of these things start to unpack that onion first, peel back that layer. And what often happens is it's never really about the food. It's about an emotion, a feeling that's been kind of hovering in the body, if you will, or hanging out in the body. It could be shame, guilt, control is a big one. But after that point too, like once the onion has been unpacked so far, that's also where I'm like, hey, 
let's get you some mental health supportive resources. I always refer out and recommend like working with a therapist, especially if someone's getting to a point where they're like, oh, wow, I'm finally making this connection that my relationship to food is really based on low self-worth from XYZ childhood experiences. So if I can get someone to just have the awareness and observation of what the food relationship is, I feel like I've done my job. And then it's like, okay, then if you wish to take it that step, step deeper, um, please do. And obviously I recommend that too, because you're right. Food is part of our life. Um, it's not something that we can get away with, right? Like we can't move away from food. It's in our life. We have to eat food all day long, uh, three times a day at least. Right. And for the rest of our life, it's not something that like we can just put away and not ever deal with. And so it can, all these, you know, other layers of the onion as, as you will with this example can really show up in our relationship with food because it's so present. It's in our control. We get to, you know, kind of like control the, uh, amount and all of those things. So I would really recommend someone who's getting to that point to work a little bit deeper with someone who can like a psychologist, a therapist to really get to the root cause of it. But that's really common to start to see those connections. Did you experience anything like that yourself? Was this something that just kind of, you felt like as you began to learn a little bit more and understand yourself, did you find that there were other areas in your life that benefited from this unlearning and, and reestablishing kind of a different set of core values of how you make decisions and how you view yourself and how you, you know, interact in other relationships. Um, cause I feel like there's a lot of bleed over in so many areas of life. Like what was your experience with that? Yeah, absolutely. I had mentioned this a little bit with my personal journey. So I had a completely disconnected relationship with not only food, but with myself a relationship where I was trying all of the diets. I was putting a lot of trust and almost just like blind trust and reactivity and diets. Like, Oh, I'm just going to try this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, drink the water, do the green juice, like follow all the things that I quote think I should, because I've read it and I researched it. I had a lot of nutrition information. Um, and so I just followed all the things I checked all the boxes and I was just constantly thinking about food. I was obsessing about everything that I quote, you know, should be doing how I should be treating my body. And I was also treating for me, like I was treating my eating habits almost as like a machine, like, Hey, like what can get me from point A to point B and just like the most efficient way possible. So enjoyment and pleasure and intention, uh, mindfulness around food was like, not even a thing I grasped. It wasn't on my radar. I was just like, let me check all the boxes too. So that also, if you're talking about how the relationship with food was in my mindset, I was also really critical. Um, I would get in a negative loop of thoughts or patterns, of course, then behaviors, which really shaped my reality. So I was very self-critical. I had a lot of judgment of myself. Um, and I found that to just be a repeating cycle. And I remember there was a moment where I came home from college, because this is really like back in back early in my journey. And I was having a meal with my family. And I was like, I was there, but I was completely not there. I was so in my head. And I was like, okay, like, is this a good food for me? Or if I eat this, like, 
what am I going to have to do like later? Or should I like walk extra X, Y, Z? Like I was really trying to micromanage and control that food situation. And I remember just going like, I cannot live like this. Like I am sharing a meal with my family who number one, I'm away from, you know, I'm away from home. I don't get to see them that often. I love them. I want to engage in this conversation. Like this is ridiculous. I'm having a full on conversation with myself about the food. And so, um, Obviously, fast forward, you know, more than a decade after implementing the work that I even teach now, I'm able to sit around a meal and truly enjoy the company around, you know, and have great conversations and pleasure and experiences. And that's just the food relationship. But also that connection with food cascaded into every other aspect of my life. So I was not just following all the things that I think I should do, I started to ask myself the question, what is right for Mikkel? What is right for me? So not only just with food, like, hey, do I like this food? Like, is, is this a food preference that I enjoy? Do I want to have this food in my life? Um, how does it make me feel after I eat said food? I started to just completely wipe the slate clean and start with myself. So you had touched on core values. I'm a huge proponent of core values. I actually have all of my students go through their core values and make it part of this wellness vision so that they have this North Star, this compass that they can always revisit and say, hey, is this the right move for me? So of course it's in relationship to your food, but as you will just change your food relationship, you do see it trickle into your relationships, your purpose with work, your focus, your just overall energy and how you show up for not only yourself, but for others and the world around you and what you are meant to do here. So that's, I mean, in a, in an ideal picture, that's really how I see it just because I've had that firsthand and I've seen hundreds of our clients and students have that same, you know, testimonial of how it not only impacted their food relationship, but their, their entire relationship with themselves and others. So it's a, food is powerful. It really is a powerful catalyst for change and for our reality. I think you made a great point earlier. You made great points just there too, but just to tie it all together about how, you know, food is the one thing, like we're all consuming food every day. So if you looked at other things like, you know, like some type of drugs or even alcohol or anything else that people can start to layer in their life as a comfort factor or crutch or something that fills the, the void you know, food, we don't realize how quickly we can become unhealthy in that area because it's a necessity. I mean, we, we, we have to eat and drink. So it's, it, it can be abused in a way that is like undiagnosed. Like it's not, it's not even apparent to us. And we can look at people that seem so healthy and think, gosh, like, what are they doing? I just need to do that because it's working for them. And maybe there's a chance it'll work for me. Meanwhile, we have no idea that they're beating themselves up, that they, they live in a space where, like you said, they fear social engagements or they're not enjoying their meals. Like it's, it's like they look at a plate of food and they're, they're living in constant fight or flight and anxiety because it's this immediate calculation of, well, how much can I have? And is this going to ruin everything I just did at the gym? And I'm going to have to start over tomorrow. or I'm gonna have to go back to the gym first thing tomorrow. It's like this whole calculation. And now all of a sudden, like, you're not even there. Like you said, you weren't even, you were physically there, but you were not there like mentally to experience any of it. How do you know that maybe you've gone to an unhealthy place when it comes to your relationship with food? Because 
I think in different seasons of life, there's a lot of ebbing and flowing. And, and you even touched on the emotional aspect, which I think is that that is the biggest driver. It's like every day we get up and we let a lot of circumstances determine or be the driver of, of the emotions that we feel. And then what we do in second nature is just to do what's more comfortable or to do what's familiar to us. So oftentimes we'll go to foods or we'll crave certain things because it's kind of a coping mechanism. It's something that's just comfortable to us, but we don't even realize that this is happening. So like, what are some maybe like tools or not really like diagnostics, but ways or questions that you would have somebody ask to really determine like, do I have a good relationship with myself and with food and how I treat my body? Or is this, is this kind of trending in a direction of I'm learning more, I'm starting to get more obsessive. I'm starting to hold the reins in. I'm making decisions based off of things that, you know, I believe that are true, but you know, I'm just kind of trying to slap it on my life and make it fit as opposed to really trying to vet out like, how do I feel? How am I, am I really holding to, like you said, my North star, you know, into who I truly am and what I believe to be the best for my health and to be bringing out the best, you know, in somebody's health. Mm. Yeah. Well, on that note, a lot of people, I would say a, a sign that maybe your eating habits aren't as supportive as they could be or balanced is if you are not even really considering truly yourself and your unique body and your unique life. That is such a powerful check-in and a question right there. Because like I said, a lot of people who are so used to dieting or following trends or getting really caught up in emotion or uh, information overwhelm are not even taking that moment to just say, what do I need? What does my body truly want? What are my food dislikes? And how do I learn? Like, what is my lifestyle? So just consider your unique perspective. Another sign that I would say your eating habits are not as supportive as they could be. Um, a lot of the things that we just touched on too is like that literal food obsession where you're constantly micromanaging your food intake, you're thinking about it all the time. And also on the flip side, maybe you're not considering food at all and you're really reactive to it. So you had mentioned like coping and emotional eating, which is really common. So that could also be a sign that your eating habits are really unsupportive if that's the only way that you're coping with your emotions and you're not really paying attention to your physical nourishment. You're kind of just like eating whatever, whenever, all the time. So those are just a few kind of questions to reflect on. And then I also want to share a tool for everybody that you can use it right now and you can use it anytime, anywhere. And it's called the balance spectrum tool. And I created this as part of the mindful nutrition method with my new students who were coming in and they were like, okay, Mikkel, how do I know if I am balanced? Like what, what is the status of my eating habits? Do I have a healthy relationship with food? What does that look like? So a really easy way to assess that in the moment is to envision a like sliding scale, if you will. So on you have, you have two sides and I want you to envision these two sides as extreme. So a lot of the things that you were sharing was, was an extreme side. There's a lot of polarity there. So on one side of the sliding scale, you have this all-in mentality, right? So let's say it's like, hey, I have to eat perfectly. I have to eat right and correctly. I have to eat clean. I can't eat those dirty foods. I have to wait for that like one day where I have a cheat meal. And I'm just going to be like, so good. I'm doing so good, right? 
there's like a lot of control in that, in that uh, control energy, if you will, in that side of the spectrum. And you think you're doing great and you're micromanaging it. You're being really rigid, right? You're on a diet or a trend or you're following those food rules. But what ends up happening, all of us who have been there have experienced it because it's not sustainable. And there will be a breaking point where something will occur in your life, maybe an external circumstance or goodness, anything. You could just be really burnt out and tired of it. And then you swing pretty aggressively to the other side, which is all out. So this is where you're really disconnected with your body. You're disconnected with your unique wants and needs. You might be engaging in more distracted eating or mindless eating, emotional eating, overeating, binge eating, kind of like going all out saying like, oh yeah, whatever, I'm going to eat whatever, whenever and um, reset on Monday. Right. And so then you have another swing over to the other side and it's just this constant swing of two extremes. And so this is really, really common, this cycle and this, and it's again, an all in all out mindset. But with that mindset, you are then acting on it and you're creating your reality because you're acting on those behaviors. And so then if you envision the center, which is really what we're talking about here with balanced eating, it's like, yes, you are enjoying those foods and you are having, you know, those foods that you think are quote off limits, but you're enjoying them truly. And also you're nourishing your body well and you're paying attention to it. And so the first assessment I would have everybody do is just say, hey, like, where are you on that balance spectrum? Are you on the far all inside right now? Are you in the far, far all out? Or are you like kind of towards the middle of balanced eating? And so that little check-in will just help you assess where you are now. And then how can you just do one thing, one practice for yourself, whether it's directly food-related or you know, it's stress-related, what, what have you, that's going to help you get into the middle to have a little bit more of a balanced experience. And so that can help everybody right now just go, okay, where am I right now? And how can I just take one little practice, one little tool to move closer to that balanced eating zone? That's great. What, what do you, what do you find is helpful for, you know, say you're, you totally identify yourself as like, I'm on that spectrum. I mean, I'm on the spectrum with the paleo puffs. It's like a whole bag or no bag, (laughs) but if you're that person, like what, what are like, what's a tool that has, you know, worked for people that you have, um, students that you've had come through your course. Cause I think what can be hard is it's like, yeah, I just don't know how to, I don't know how to do it in a balanced way. It's like the, even like thinking about the word balance can just, it can really throw people for a loop because it's like, I, I feel like it's this elusive thing that I just can't wrap my hands around. Other people can get it, but I can't get there because other people can go and have one drink and a bite of dessert, you know, and I, you know, have to have like the daiquiri and the entire chocolate cake and I'll order, you know, the loaded mashed potatoes and all the things. And it's like, I'm just going to write it off as one bad meal and I'm just going to start over. So like, what would be a practical example of a tool that knowing that you're going in and you're an all or nothing person, you know, you are going to hit on either side of the spectrum there. Um, and I love that description too, because it really is, it's like a sliding scale and it's just, but it's, it, we can very much get in a rhythm of being on opposite sides and that becomes the normal. And that's where we really start to see a lot of dysfunction, but you know, what would you recommend somebody do? That's like, that is me. I just don't, I don't even have 
an idea of how to pull myself out of that or how to help myself? Yeah. So this is a fantastic question. And that visual tool that I just shared, that balance spectrum tool where you're having those two extreme sides, right? So it's really common for someone who's early in on their balanced eating journey to swing like aggressively from one side to the next. And it's just, those are their two, those are their two points. They're not even slowing down for the middle. But what will happen over time as you start to build that awareness and that observation of your experiences to where you, you know, have the paleo puffs or you have the daiquiris and all, and you go quote all out, utilizing that as an experience to then slowly over time, again, I teach all those tools too in depth in the mindful nutrition method, but what will happen over time is to slowly create a little bit more pause to where you are experiencing more of the sliding scale. And it's not this aggressive pendulum swing from one end to the other, because you had touched on this as well with balanced eating. There's this common misconception, this perspective that balanced eating is okay. Well, then I have to eat (laughs) balanced perfectly at every meal. All my meals have to actually be perfectly balanced, which is ironic because then that's actually just getting you in that all in mentality where you're trying to like perfect and do it quote right. And then you also have this other perspective where it's like, okay, so I'm eating balanced because through Monday, Monday through Friday, I'm eating great. And then I have my like scheduled Saturday, Sunday, like all out. So I'm balancing them out. And both of those are just, again, examples of being all in and all out and having that mentality. So think about it in that way as well, just as you are approaching it. And then a few other tools that I would say, starting with the foundation of actually nourishing your body well. So making sure that you are supplying your body with physical nourishment, that's really, really important. And how I like to to share that in a really easy way is um, the second pillar of my program, which is called mindful eating. And so I want to just touch on the component of what to eat so that it's easier for people to grasp when you are actually talking about what does balanced eating look like too, like when it comes to a plate. And this is like nutrition science 101. I'm going to break down the macronutrients for you, but this is a really great strong foundation for a lot of people to start because some people will just be eating like just one macronutrient like protein or just all carb, right? So just get really strong in your foundation of what to eat. And that's called the foundational five. So you have your protein, animal or plant-based, a mix of it, whatever you prefer. Again, you want to consider your food preferences You have carbohydrates. So I break those down into two. You have your starchy and I kind of like group sugary carbohydrates in that as well. Then you have your non-starchy carbohydrates, which are, you know, your veggies, your fibrous carbohydrates. Um, And then also you have fat. And then the fifth one is the flavor factor. And that really is pulling in the things that are really delicious to you and make your meal vibrant and are, of course, nutrient dense too, like herbs and spices. So when you're addressing your physical nourishment and you're making sure that you're, quote, checking those boxes as best as you can, not every meal is going to have those. That's okay. But if you can try your best to have that, quote, balanced meal, that's going to at least set you up for success physically so that you're supporting your blood sugars, you're supporting your hunger hormones so that you're in a place where you're a little bit more, quote, grounded. And then those cravings or those... um you know, like all of those feelings of uh, being out of control around food, 
it, then you can at least start to say, okay, maybe it's not because I haven't eaten a meal all day. It might be stemming from non-physical hunger or some other maybe type of emotional craving. So you're starting to, you know, get your foundation first and then you can start to figure out, okay, why am I, you know, going all out for the strawberry daiquiris? Is it that I've had a stressful week and now I'm like, you know, connecting those two things that when I'm stressed, I need to overeat or overindulge. So those can just be a few tools to help assess where you're at, what to do, and then, um, you know, take that next best action. I love that. And I, I love that you go, you really start from like simple cell nourishment from a very biological standpoint, because there's only so much you can do to white knuckle your diet before you lose the power of the wills. Like you just, you cannot overpower your biology because you will break down. And the problem is if you are deficient in protein and you're not able to create energy on a cellular level, then your body's going to start to compromise and you'll start breaking down. You'll have neurotransmitters, like all these things that produce hormones. And now all of a sudden you are, you're, you're emotionally imbalanced, you're inflamed maybe. And so it's only a matter of time before you crack. And then you're back feeling like, oh, I totally failed again. Now I have to start all over. So I'm, I like that it, you really like have this framework and foundation of, are we satisfying what your body really needs on just like a very basic level? Because we can build from there, but if we're stripping things out that the body really needs, like you know, we're, we're setting you up for failure. You're not going to achieve the results that you're looking for, but you're, you're even going to make the process miserable for yourself. So I love that. What, so the, the mindful nutrition program, it is five pillars. Is that right? It's three. Yeah. Okay. And real quick, I want to, I want to touch on this really common point before we dive into that, because you just, um, a, just a light bulb went off. As I recalled one of my students, she, we had a group coaching call and she was saying like, Hey, Mikkel, like I keep getting into this routine where when I come home from work, I'm like, I'm cooking dinner and then I'm snacking and I snack through the entire cooking process to the point where then I feel full, but then I still eat dinner. So I'm just, you know, constantly stuck in this overeating cycle at night. Like, what do I do? And so asking that simple question of like, well, what are you eating throughout the day? Are you having a breakfast and a lunch? And are those meeting your satiety needs? Like, are you actually just fueling your body? And she was like, Oh yeah, you know what? I just am skipping lunch. I'm just like working throughout the day. Like I have like a little meal bar for breakfast and then, Oh, that, that makes sense. So again, just checking in with yourself as basic as it might sound, just to make sure that you are meeting that physical need first before you're like making it maybe even a bigger deal quote than you need to of like, Oh my gosh, like you know, why am I overeating or having all these cravings? Well, are you, are you eating enough during the day? Like that could be just a really easy foundational pillar to, to, to mark complete, if you will. So I just wanted to call that out because it's really, really common. Um, I see it, especially with women who are juggling careers and households and doing quote, all the things just just take a minute to make sure that you're nourishing yourself throughout the day too. That, that, I, that girl might've been me, <laughs> no, just, I'm kidding. but I, I definitely relate to that. And I think there's a lot there too. Like you said, just getting busy and then, you know, running yourself ragged. I'm like, what, what have I done all day that has gotten me to a point where I, all I want to do is just like eat and, and just crash on the couch. I'm like, this is not, this is not a good pattern. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's certainly not how the body is supposed to operate in terms of energy. It doesn't just, you know, 
burn on, you know, full throttle on all cylinders and then just like slam the brakes on the body does not like extremes like that. There's, there's waves and rhythms and, and it's supposed to ebb and flow in a healthy way. So if you are, if you are kind of like putting your foot down on the gas and then all of a sudden slamming the brakes on, and that's your day to day, like know that your body is going to, that that's, that's a very, um, catabolic and, and more of a breakdown, but I I'm glad that you brought that up because especially if you're a mom and, and maybe you're trying to work <laughs> by the time dinner rolls around, like the wheels could be falling off the bus. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> no, I hear you. Yeah. It's, it's really common. So, you know, be, and I think too, another thing that's popping up for me to shine a light on is, is to really, I know this can be so hard and abstract to share when I say this, but to act from a place of loving yourself and having some self-compassion. So even self-love might seem like a stretch for somebody if they're on a really hard journey with their food relationship, but at least having that element of self-compassion where you can just be curious about your experiences. Hey, why am I eating all of the, you know, the entire bag of chips at night and then beating myself up about it and feeling really guilty or Um, why am I not nourishing my body and ignoring my hunger cues all throughout the day? Why am I pushing myself and redlining and not taking a minute for myself? Like having that curiosity to just ask yourself why you're doing the things that you're doing without judgment can be so insightful because some, sometimes the answer is like, oh, well, maybe I should just like meal prep and have a little lunch or snack ready to go. That'll, that'll really help myself out. Sometimes it's like, oh, well, maybe I don't feel, you know, deserving to take five minutes for myself and prioritize my health because I'm trying to take care of everybody else. So really checking in with yourself, having that curiosity of why you're doing the things that you're doing. Um, again, I know it's, it, it is going to be like a little mindful muscle exercise because you are going to have to try your best not to judge yourself when you're asking that question, kind of look at it through the lens of a scientist, two-dimensional, like, hey, what might be causing this? it can just really help give you that insight to then take better action the next time that you encounter it. Cause it is a journey. Like none of this that we're talking about today with becoming more balanced with your eating habits and having a healthier relationship with food. It's not an overnight process. It's not like black and white. There's so much gray area and learning and like quote, messing up and trying again. And that's, that's honestly the beauty of it because you're getting to know yourself and then you are able to take those daily actions that truly like nourish yourself on a really, really deep level. Like not just the physical nourishment, but like we talked about earlier, like how it shows up and all these other pillars of your life. So I just offer that for anybody who's listening to, and who's like, well, this all sounds great, but like how do I, you know, how do I do this? Um, just have truly have that self-compassion and that non-judgmental observation. I love that. I think you summarized that well. And, and if you are listening and you just feel burned out and you feel like, okay, I show up every week, I'm always reading, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm trying to find what it is that I'm missing. I'll be the first one to tell you because I can nerd out on health stuff all day long. I love it. And, and I, I love that this is the work that I get to do, but stepping back, sometimes getting out of your own way can be, can be the cornerstone that you're missing. 
like having, doing the mindset work. I mean, honestly, like lay it all down, let it go, let the control, the shame, whatever those emotions that pop up that you're making decisions out of that emotional space. And a lot of times it's, it, it has it because there's, it's tied to negative emotion that you're going to have a negative expression of your health as a result of it. And so I love the work that you're doing, Mikkel, because I think it is, it's allowing people to just drop that baggage, to experience a level of freedom, because it's like, we can't even get to, well, I shouldn't have carbs. And I, you know, am I, am I keto? Am I doing, you know, am I pro-metabolic? Am I this, am I that? Like, you got to almost pump the brakes on that stuff and take a moment and come back to your center and like really figure out, like, even, I love how you described, like, even maybe doing like a vision board of what do you see your best health looking like? Put that up somewhere. Like, and that, because I feel like, you know, sometimes we just, we're, we want a solution and we're grasping at straws and it's like, who's selling the next program that maybe it's just like, I missed that one thing. Maybe I just have a gut problem and maybe my hormones, I just, you know, it's just my hormones, just my hormones. I'm like, it's never just one thing, you know, it's like the one thing. And then you uncover that stone. And then it's all these other things that pop up, you know? And so I, I just love how, you know, for you, it's like, really, it's not that that stuff's not important. I think finding the right balance of different types of macros and the timing of when you eat, all of those things are so downstream, but if you're not mentally healthy and you don't come from a place where your cup is filled, like you don't have margin, you're burned out, you're tired, you're overwhelmed, frustrated, and feeling all this negative emotion. I mean, I'd be willing to bet that everything downstream in your life will be affected by that in a negative way. So I love, I just love how you place such an emphasis, like the, the food aspect is so important, but it's like the precursor to that. It's like, what, what is like the catalyst for just really being able to experience true freedom and health with your food, your relationship with food. And you're, you're really digging up that soil, the root system of how we think and believe about ourselves. I would love for you. Okay. So you talked about the three pillars. So tell us about the mindful nutrition program, because I, I love how you've helped women. Um, and I, I know you've seen so many success stories. So just give us an idea of what that would look like for somebody that's like, it's me. I need to do this. I, you know, I want to cut out everything else and just focus on this one element right now. Absolutely. So those three pillars we touched on today, mindful mindset, mindful eating and mindful lifestyle, which is really like the embodiment piece of the puzzle with having a balanced relationship with food. And that mindset, again, just honing in on that as your first step, having that vision of what you deem to be wellness for you and your definition of health and your unique definition of balance is really where we start in that program. And so the program's divided into a course, private community, live group coaching every month, and then I have additional bonus training. So it truly is a group coaching program. So it's part just like self-DIY online course component. And then, then you have that engagement with accountability and support, which is so, so, so powerful, especially when you have a community of like-minded people around you who are going on the same journey as you and having that communication, I think is just so, it's just so beautiful to see and witness as well. But the main thing that if you're like, Oh, this, this kind of sounds like my jam, this is aligned with me. I think this could be really great for my relationship with food. I would say again, if you're really stuck in that yo-yo dieting pattern, 
if you are feeling like you have a lot of unsupportive eating habits that we talked about, if you are so stressed about food, you're micromanaging it, basically, if it's just taking away from your life and not allowing you to show up and you want to have that positive relationship with food, you want to feel a little bit more joy with yourself, you want to find your unique balanced weight, whatever that looks and feels like for you, then I'm so happy to support people in the Mindful Nutrition Method program and walk you through all the steps, all the actionable tools, um, like the balance spectrum that we went over today. So yeah, and anybody who has questions, of course, can always DM me on Instagram. I'm always on there and I can, I can help assess if it's right for you. That's awesome. I love the community aspect because I think that especially for women, it's very easy in the world that we live in now because we just see the highlight reels everywhere we go. We see everybody's pictures of their vacations and they look great and their kids are smiling and their meals look beautiful. And it's like, oh, like I can't show anything in my house. Like the laundry's not done. The dog just pooped on the floor. The kids aren't even dressed. Like it's, you know, and so it's very easy to just feel isolated and like I'm doing this alone and I'm the only one that's failing. And in reality, we know that that's not true. So I love that you've built this community because I think that the success is so tied to feeling like I'm not the only one doing it. I'm not the, even if it, even if it is a struggle, it's an uphill battle for months for you. You know what? There's a lot that you can draw strength from knowing that you're not the only person that's living that day to day. Um, and so I, I love that, that that's such a strong core component of your program and and we do this at the health institute where we're you know that it's really a school that's it's for community it's for people we want to be able to educate people so that they feel empowered but we ultimately want people to not feel alone and feel like that they can do this so i love that you've created a special place for women to really unpack these things in a very safe environment too that you can be vulnerable you can be yourself and you can work this stuff out like be in process like it's messy it's supposed to be messy <laughs> That is life. If it's not messy, you're not growing. So yes. And I mean, how boring would life be if you could just have, you know, a magic pillar switch on and off? Like you're just missing so much out on the journey of, of being a human being, but most importantly, of really learning yourself. And like you said, having other experiences that are not of your own, but that you can see yourself in, whether you had them in the past you or you will have them in the future you. Having community and support is so, so important. And I just want to, I just want to hone in on that component of what you were sharing too, with sharing challenges. Um, life is not a highlight reel and your journey to having a positive relationship absolutely isn't just going to be an upward trend. You're going to have ups and you're going to have downs, but that's the beauty of really having people who can just share their challenges and say, Hey, this is what, this is what I went through. And this is what I tried. It didn't work or it did work. So having the community component just everywhere and in and, and your life, but especially with your health journey is just, it's so important. So I love what you all are doing as well, cultivating a community to help empower people. It's so, it's so wonderful. It's so, so needed. Yeah. Well, Hey, we're, we're all fellow. <laughs> we were connecting earlier on Nashville. So the, all these places are birthed in, you know, kind of a similar uh, geographical location too, which is kind of cool, but you're not in Nashville. I'm not either right now, but I love to go there. So <laughs> it's okay. You can still be, you can still something be special there, right? <laughs> Definitely something special going on there. Yeah. But, um, well, this has been so fun and I hope that everybody listening feels encouraged and knows that there are options to, of places of people to connect with resources available to you 
take advantage of it. I mean, you may have to get a little uncomfortable, but like we said, I mean, this, that's a part of growing and it's putting yourself out there and Mikkel's doing an incredible job with that. And we're just so thrilled to support all of your efforts to share it with the world. And you've already done so much. I mean, it's incredible. The impact that the ripple effect that you're having across, you know, thousands and thousands of women. So if you haven't checked her out on Instagram, she's at nutrition stripped. She has incredible content. Um, I love following her, been following her for quite some time. Um, and then on your website too is nutritionstrip.com and you have amazing resources. There's recipe guides. You have a quiz on there. There's, there's just, it's, it's a great landing spot. If you want to dig deeper into this and really find out more, she's set you up with so many different options to kind of learn more about her work, about her community and what she's all about. So make sure you check those out. And if this episode is resonating with you, share it with your mom, your grandma, your, your sister, um, like it, share it, save it, tag us, tag Mikkel. Um, and we just, we want to continue to help empower people and, um, especially, you know, women and, and the nurturers, the caregivers, because, you know, we set the, we set the climate in our homes and we, we are the caregivers, you know? So, um, if you're a man, Hey, we love you too. You guys are contributing in big ways. <laughs> so I don't want to exclude you, but, um, but yeah, this has just been a fun conversation and thank you so much for being a part of this. And, uh, we just wish you all the best and so many blessings and favor upon everything you're doing. Thank you so much. Immense gratitude from me to you.